Hey guys, welcome back to the Swish Will Add podcast. And some of you may have already heard the massive news this week, but the great Bowden Barrett is now on Swish. How good is that? The episode with Bodie is still the most popular Waterlad episode of all time, and it's fair to say that he is one of the coolest lads on the planet. Bodie has always been great at connecting with his fans, and he is always doing good things for the charity which is close to his heart, which is Upside Downs. If you're keen on a swish from Bodie or any of the other lads on there, head to heyswish.com, and just for being a Waterlad listener, if you enter the code Waterlad, you will get an extra 10% off. It's super easy to use, and up to 70% of the proceeds do go to Kiwi Kids Charities. It's super cool stuff. Also, Pomeroy's, who make the best coffee bean in New Zealand, and a wide range of delicious teas are giving Waterlad listeners a 20% off discount all of their teas and coffee, including your very own Waterlad coffee. With the temperature cooling off now, there's not much better than a nice warm tea to start the day or even finish the day. My go-to right now is the peach and apricot. Oh, it is seriously good stuff. I'll leave a link in the description for you to click on and the code for that is LAD03. And before we get into this one, I do have the greatest lad around, Tim Bateman, to tell you about an exciting new opportunity he has to offer you. Cheers, Jimmy. Are you looking for an exciting career for life after rugby? My name's Tim Bateman, and I've been a professional rugby player for the last 17 years. My plan for life after rugby was to get into the well-being and recovery industry, so I built O Studio, New Zealand's largest well-being and recovery centre. Despite the challenges of COVID, we've seen consistent growth in our business and we've decided to expand O Studio throughout New Zealand and abroad. It's an exciting time for the wellbeing industry and we're looking for top lads to be a part of it by opening your own O Studio. If you're interested, head to ostudio.co.nz slash lad to inquire. Back to the show. for you all today one of the stars of super rugby and in my opinion one of the most underrated players in the game he's been consistently one of the best performers every time he plays whether it's been for the blues tasman or north harbour and of course he is an absolute lad who no doubt will have plenty of stories to share it is one of the greats mark to welcome brother so brother cheers for having me man mate finally we got i got you on i've been waiting to get you on for a long long time but yeah, finally did it. Actually, man, we've been, we've been talking about this ever since I was at Tassie, bro. So <laughs> finally got to get it done, man. Mate, and we must address that to start off, I guess, the elephant in the room. My heart's yeah. just still recovering from uh, the news that you announced a few weeks ago. You're back to North Harbour. You're leaving Tassie. Talk me through this decision. Uh, for me, it was just, <laughs> for me, it was, it was a tough decision. Well, like, um, Harbour's where it started for me. and. I uh, kind of wanted just to get back home. Kind of, my family's like real close there. So, mm. uh, mad love for Tazzy and what they did for me and opportunity they gave to me. And I like a lot of the boys I met down there, like good friends and stuff. I still, you know, communicate nowadays, you know, yourself included, bro. Don't forget you, bro. So, nah, met a lot of good dudes down in Tazzy and I won't forget my memories there, bro. But for me, it was just coming back home to where it started for me. So, yeah. Was it always going to be staying in New Zealand? Because um, were you looking overseas as well? Yeah, but I was kind of like trying to chase that money for a bit. I was just like, oh. 
but then like you know, got a lot of convincing you know to stay and yeah i kind of was just like i uh, had to make the t- decision to stay so yeah just did that bro was that convincing from up top have you heard much from the all blacks obviously your form has been on absolute fire this year is that where it's come <laughs> from nah 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 i was just kind of like um my coaches and stuff you know had real good, good like conversations with them and they kind of just you know convinced me to stay and i was kind of i was kind of good bro still young so it's all good yeah i can't believe you're only 25 eh? and how many more years are you still at the blues in your contract uh right now this is my last season um kind of trying to get back in the talks with them about like signing another one or two so yeah yeah so the plan is to stay in new zealand for a couple more years see how you go yeah i think right now kind of just because we got something good at the Blues that they, you know, they're real. The coaches just want to keep building on that, you know. So, like, keeping the right players around, I guess, they just want to keep trying to, you know, because, you know, when, like, you got something good and stuff, you know, mm. they're like, nah, got to keep the players around, you know, that's keeping it going. So, they're kind of, like, on their buzz. So. Mate, and they'll definitely be wanting to keep you. Your form, again, has been on fire. Um, what do you put that down to? You're consistently playing awesome footy. Um, I reckon um got, like, good like players around you as well man like I like mentally you have to get up for it and physically as well but just like having the right players around you you know we're all like in this like this road together and we just we really want to just do something you know like we're, we're here in this legacy and just like leave it for the boys you know do something good for like this team and like the people that's going to come later on we just want to leave it behind knowing that you know we left it in good hands and stuff like that so I can the players as well that like I said we have around us like they just they're just keen and you know like it just you just feed off their energy because everyone's hungry for it mm. and every week you're just up for the challenge, bro. Mate, and you are on the end of a pretty um, nice backline too. Hey, eh? there's some pretty good yeah. players inside you. Have you found playing outside all of them? Ah, grateful, man, grateful. Like it's a it's a dangerous backline, bro. Like you got a lot of like game breakers and a lot of dudes that like fucking want to get the ball in their hands and stuff. And that's mean, bro. Just to you know play play amongst them and you know get to experience that team effort on the field and just going into those dark dark places together. You know and the hurt lockers and yeah, just kind of experiencing it all together. So yeah, a lot gets spoken about Rogers' uh, footwork, but yeah, mate, your footwork. Have you got him in a one on one? <laughs> nice of a bar. <laughs> He's nice of a but um a lot of the boys in the backline, man, they get them in a one-on-one situation, it's pretty dangerous to stop for. So yeah. And how influential has Bodie been uh, since moving up to the blues? Nah, he's been he's been good, bro. Uh he's just just rugby smarts, man. He's just real composed and real professional about his work and I reckon like having him mostly with us. Because we're still kind of like a real, I want to say young backline, but there's a lot of young players. But and then just having him like, you know, leading it, leading the charge and just, you know, commanding us is real good part. Because mm. a lot of us are real young and emotional players. We kind of like lose it a bit. And just having him like real composed, just leading us is, is real good, man. You see it out there when we play, bro. Andrew, mm. It's exciting times for Blues fans, eh? Big year yeah, ahead, I think. You know, if you guys want to jump on the wagon, jump on it now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe as a second team, but they'll never, never overtake the Canes for me. But it is cool to see them doing so well. Yeah, hard on, man. That's good, bro.
But I do want to talk about you. I do want to talk about your upbringing. I know you've got some of the best genetics in rugby. Your mum's um, Samoan and your dad's from South Africa. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum's um, full Samoan. Crazy story, man. She's um, one of the like strongest women I've ever like had in my life. And with all the blessings I would have not received, man, it was crazy. So everything she did for me catered to me. I'm grateful for that. Old man was um, he wasn't really much into my life like uh, growing up. So I mostly grew up on my like Samoan side, and um, being like a young, well, dark skin islander like it's not you don't find that much. And growing up uh, like West Auckland ways is just crazy. You meet a lot of polys and they just see you and you start speaking their language and they're just like, hey. <laughs> but now nah, I grew up, um, you know, it was challenging at times, but now nah, grateful for man. I wouldn't change it, but, you know, growing up. So how did your parents meet? Bro, I wasn't even nervous. <laughs> I haven't even liked that stuff. Uh, I, I was, I knew I was in, like, Wellington somewhere. Like, oh, that's yeah. where they met. So, So your yeah, dad had moved from uh, South Africa to New Zealand? Yeah, something oh, like yeah. that, bro. And then I just remember, like, I was like a falling out kind of, and my um, Samoan side came down to Wellington and picked me up and then took me back to Auckland. I think my mom stayed South African dad, kept her back to South Africa and stuff like that. And yeah, that was all she wrote. And just been back to play in South Africa and just come back. Yeah. Oh, true. So that, did, he, did he play yeah. footy? Nah, I don't know. If he did, I would want to play him. Smack him up. <laughs> nah, I, <think. laughs> nah, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know much about him, to be honest. So, yeah. Great. So then you grew up in West Auckland. Um, so you can you speak um, Samoan fluent? Yeah, it was like my first language. Yeah, right. yeah, before English. Yeah, and then gibberish, gibberish is the other language. Yes, I grew up. Uh, I grew up. Um, at my house it was just like um, I had real strict um parents <laughs> at the time. My parents, my grandparents, that raised me at the time. So what you call my parents? They raised me, and my house was just like they only spoke Samoan, so it was easy for me to learn, and that was the first language I learned. And then English was just like our second language because we were going to school and just learning it there. So, yeah. Was that hard for you at school, um, not being able to speak English that well? Um, yeah, it was at the time. But like majority of kids, like they just keep going to school. You just pick up, like you just pick up heaps of things. Yeah. And like heaps of the things like I would say and stuff, you wouldn't get it from like like your mom and dad, heaps of things are like, <laughs> like just heaps of slangs and stuff. And I remember like when I used to speak to parents and I used to like say something like, like Jack or say something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, nah, was man. <laughs> heaps of the words we would learn is like not words you would learn from like a mom or dad. It's heaps yeah. of words. You're, like, yeah. <laughs> and what were you like, the, what were you like as a teenager? Uh, I'll say, um, I kept to myself, to be honest, uh, had like a small circle and then to be honest, I was kind of, I was kind of lost in like, um, <laughs> I was a bit out there to be honest. Um, just had the, like the wrong role models and stuff around me and our areas was like, um, I miss our West or even South and stuff. You have like not the best role models. So you grew up thinking like, Oh, like that's, that's life for me. And that's, that's what's going to be like until you get exposed to some other things. And, I reckon I'm real grateful and like fortunate to like experience rugby like real late and like school days. But like growing up as a teenager out here was 
and you don't really have that big influence of like trying to chase dreams and mm. trying to do with your life. You kind of just, your role models are like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's yeah. people that kind of don't see like the world as a massive like um, opportunity. You know, yeah. these guys just do what they do to get past, you know, so. Were you involved in gangs? Is that the sort of crowd that you were hanging around? Um, it was a, it was a, There was a lot of like around our areas and stuff, so you just kind of, you kind of don't want to scoop to that stand and stuff. Like you just, you kind of want to do good, mostly mm-hmm. for like kids growing up, like in our ways to show them other opportunities. But yeah, it's, it's our, like out these ways, it's, it's massive. So. so then how did you, how did, where did rugby fit in amongst all this? Um, I was kind of lucky. One of my close friends um, back in school days was like, like hitting me up, like, bro, bring your boots, come try first 15. And I was like, ah, I hated first thing because all the boys thought they were the shit. Like they thought they were the stuff like that. So like I never thought of like playing. And I had a brother that was playing and then kind of asked him for his boots and then gave it to me and I tried, bro. And I haven't I just started loving rugby ever since, man. So yeah, it was like it was late year twelve or something like that. I started playing. So yeah. So you hadn't really played through the junior ranks? Nah, I don't know. Uh, I was one of those kids that was just, if I was going to play, I would just play with my mates just to muck around and yeah. get into like those little scuffles and just start talking <laughs> up that, like, like that, you know, like little kid things, man. So nah, yeah, I didn't really play much like age grade rugby, just kind of had it at the end of uh, high school. So yeah. Mate, you must have been naturally pretty gifted to just be able to rock up to a first 15 trial and carve it up. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I reckon it comes back down to, I was lucky, like, I was, like, just naturally, like, fit and just good at running. Too much jumping fences and running away from, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just, I, was, I was just lucky, bro. I got some good genes and, yeah, man, just never look back. So, yeah, just jam off those what I got. And and you've got a pretty um, powerful mindset too, don't you? So you've always been pretty confident in your own ability. Yeah, hard on, man. Um, I reckon any... Like young teenager growing up, man, just be confident in yourself and your ability to, you know, you can do whatever you want, bro. Only your mindset can like stop you from doing what you want. So, yeah, I was real confident growing up. So, how did you get that mindset? Because I love it. I want it. Um, <laughs> hey, man, you can have it whenever you want, bro. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I guess just growing up and like um, your environment and like the people around you, man. Um, I've seen a lot of losses growing up and, um, seen a lot of people, you know, like uh, go the wrong way. And I guess at that time or like in that place, you kind of just don't want to like put yourself in that situation and kind of think like how you would get better or be better than they were in times. Like I've had a lot of losses to get to where I am today. Mm. Like it wasn't all uphill for me. Like I never just rocked in and I was like the most talented. Everything I had to do, I had to work hard for it. Mm. And I rather like that because then at the end of the day, you truly know who you're like, who you are and what you work for. So I'm grateful in that way because like growing up, it was always like that for any of like my brothers, cousins or friends or anything. They always had to work hard for what they wanted. And for me, that was just kind of like, that was just kind of the mindset. Like every day you ought to work for what you want. There's a saying that Dolce has as cracker. It's like when your name gets called, like someone needs you are you gonna stand up for it or are you just gonna be a pussy or walk away like it's like me <laughs> <laughs> like that's a mean saying because it's like actually true man 
Yeah. Some people get like the opportunity and then they either like rise to it or they shy away from it. So mm. that's kind of like mindset. Yeah. Mate, love it. And you always stand up. I love that. So what was your pathway from school? How did you get into the professional footy side of things? Um, so after school, I got like this academy contract for Harbour. And um, I just, yeah, just took off from there. I remember I was just academy training and that, that was a real, like, any any other rugby players that talk about, like, they know what academy was like, man. Yeah. They run you to the ground. They they train you. They just get you into that routine of, like, professional footy. And I remember, like, the routine of it was, like, waking up at four, get ready, drive all, and I had no license, and I was driving all the way to the shore. <laughs> and I'll take, my, I'll take my old man's car, he'll be sleeping. I'll just take the keys and I'll just take off. I'll take off to training, train all the way till seven have a shower, then I'll go straight to work and I'll work all the way till four or five and then I'll get some food and then we had afternoon trainings for club and then it's like that for the whole week until mm. you'll probably only have Friday or Saturday and then you're playing and then it's just repeat. Yeah. And it was just like that for like a good, it was like a cycle, man. You just keep doing it for like months and it just like breaks you and you're just like, it's either you crack it or you don't, bro. And you see so many players that are like a mean and they don't they don't break through that cycle. Like mm. they just like want it easy or they just like think it's gonna be handed to them. And like I guess I was lucky because there was a few of us that like made it through that academy day and it just really made you chase what you really wanted, if you get what I mean. So yeah. Mm. That, and then and I got my first crack at Mighty 10. And was it I think it was 2016. Got my first debut for for Harbour. I was real young. Uh, and I was just like keen to play and stuff. I had mean players. I had like such, and that was like the thing, bro. Growing up out these days, like other players in your position or like that were like in the same pathway as you. Yeah. But it was crazy because they would like, I remember I had Tavita Lee, bro, and he used to help me out so much. Like he was a mean mentor for me. And he'd always like tell me not to do this and like don't hang out with these people, man. And just like it was crazy, bro. And he was mm-hmm. a power the time so I had him as like my mentor kind of and he just helped me out and those other players like that played club rugby that um you know what I mean that I looked up to they helped me out so much as well so I'm grateful because like a lot of boys in like my areas like if they knew like you were that new kid on the block or you were that new kid that was coming up and they knew like you were on that pathway they would help you out so much and like just Mm -hmm. look after you and like nurture you so, like, I had real good players going on at club rugby and even at um, North Harbour. So, it was real good, man. So cool to hear. So, when you first got your crack, when you had your debut, were you still a super confident kid? Did you did you know you were ready? Um, yeah, I, I was like, I knew I was ready. But then, like, you know how professional footy is, like, real different? Like, um, it's not like just club rugby. We can just get the ball from the 22 and just run a straight to here. I mean, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah, it's not like club rugby. You can just do whatever you want. And mm. I remember I wasn't like the best, like, on my debut. I remember I made like a few mistakes and stuff, but like, that's what I mean. Just had like good players that just looked after me and just kind of taught me a lot of things. Um, and even like the coaches at the time had like Jacko, uh, who was TC was there, Tom Coventry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then like, those guys were just harder, like, helping me out or like being young uh, getting exposed to it 
just like they just chucked me into the deep end. Oh, you're starting on the right wing. I was like, oh, you're hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was sweet. But that was me, bro. That was me. I'll never like want it any other way, bro. So, yeah. mm. And then is it true after that season you were approached by uh, Gordon Titchens to play for Samoa Sevens? Yeah, I was. I was. Um, yeah, I remember he approached me and I was like, at the time, like, Sevens wasn't, like, I was just playing Sevens with like my club team and just, I was just for fun. Like, yeah. I just like, to tuck the boots on and just have like jam with the boys it was kind of like that and then he was like trying to get me to jam like professionally but I like really didn't see sevens as like a mean I like rather 15s where it was like more like in sevens you get so much open space you can do whatever you want 15s is like real clinical you only get like a little bit of time to breathe when you get the ball mm. like shut down like in seconds so I felt like 15s was like a more better sport um, no disregard to like seven. Sevens is fun, but mm. wasn't me. Yeah. Mm, cool. So then the next pathway was a call up to the Canes. Eh? A, yeah. A six week training call up to the Canes. Yeah. How did that one come about? So I just finished preseason of um, Blues, and I was like um, injury. I was injury cover um, for Vince. I think I was for Vince or someone that had like a long season injury or something like that mm. and I remember we went down to the Canes I uh, met a lot of good dudes that like I still talk to nowadays and it was crazy bro you saw that team that's when I first met you as well man and you saw that Canes team man that Canes team was stacked bro and it was all the young dudes at Hunters and stuff so now I got my first opportunity to go down and yeah I enjoyed it it was real cool bro mate I do remember it like it was yesterday I remember you were running on the wing. I was at fullback, and I think it was a game of, you know, shoulder on. And, Yo. mate, I got one-on-one. You were just cruising up to me, and then you went whack, 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 and absolutely skinned me. But you are such a lad that you just went down and pretending like I'd got you. You didn't run and score the try, and I was like, holy, this guy is good. Who is this guy? Where's he come from? Sign him up. He is the man. <laughs> mate, that was good times down there in Wellies, man. A lot of good dudes for us. So, nah, it was mean. Like, I was mean to experience that as well. What was the biggest difference? Obviously, you had done the preseason with the Blues. How did those two cultures um, compare? Um, well, at the time, like this one, the Blues were, or like the Blues were just like building like the, the foundations and stuff they have now. Um, preseason was hard, or, or any preseason is hard, you know what I mean. But at that time, preseason was real hard, and I guess just coming to Kings and Kings were. Oh, bro, I don't, I don't know how to say it. They're way two different whole team. Like they were way different, like cultures and everything. I remember when I came down to Canes. Like Canes had like such a, like even on defense they had such a kill mindset where like mm. Blues were a bit passive and then kill here and all of that. Where like when I remember coming to Canes, I was just like kill, kill, kill everything, man down, kill, 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 and I was just like, like damn, this is way different. Like I had to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. like it was me getting to play alongside um a lot of like young talent coming through the Canes like that they have now was mean as well to experience all of that so I, which I was like grateful for Brian yeah I'll just say like meeting a lot of new players down there was mean mm. and just experiencing two different cultures rugby coaches and just trying to like you know enjoy it while you're, like you were there so yeah it was mean for me 
Mate, I remember you watch, uh, watching you play for the Hunters, which is the Hurricanes development, against Japan at Porirua Park. I remember sitting up on the bank with Andrew Goodman next to me, asking me who's a player he should look out for. And I remember saying, watch Mark Talia, watch him, watch him, he's the man. And you absolutely carved up that Japan international team that day. And I'm not sure what happened since there, but uh, a couple of years later, you were down at Tasman. So talk me through that whole process. Um. Yeah, I was just, so you're the guy that did it. Hey, you're the guy that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, grateful, man. Um, I just remember I was like um on my last year of harbor, and um I was just like, oh, bro, I'm keen to experience something else, and just keen like to you know try something like I, I like I don't want I didn't want to get like comfortable. I wanted mm-hmm. to learn more player. Like um I was coming off I was coming off that like hunters with like hurricanes and stuff. And I remember I played that Mighty Team season of Harbour, which was like, we lost like semis and stuff. And it was real cool and stuff. But like, as a, I was still a young outside and then we like had no, like, I would say like leadership as outsides. Uh, that's how I felt. And I just, for me, I wanted to learn more as a, like an outside and develop my own game. I felt like I was in the, like even today, I still don't feel like I'm the complete package. Like, you know what I mean? I'm still trying to get, get my game better and, try and find little ways to like you know get like the mindset right and just keep building because I reckon if you just keep having that growth mindset you just keep like getting better and better mm-hmm. so I felt like that was a massive influence at the time like I wanted it just to get better and then um I remember at, towards the end of that I might attend season I was like oh you know like um I met some good dudes down in the hunters like you know you Red. I remember Red was hot I was like bro come 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 to and I was like, just crack up. I was like, oh, bro, I might do it here, I might do it. And Redford, I was lying. And then, yeah, bro, I just locked in. And then, yeah, I just remember just signing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is what it is now. I'm on my way down to Nelson. So, and then, yeah, bro, I just took off from there and just never looked back. Just enjoyed the footy ever since I was down there, man. Mate, yeah. What was the biggest difference to going from North Harbour to Tasman? How did those two environments compare? Bro. I ain't like like I said, like coaches are like two team coaches were way different. Like you you know the Tessie boys, like you know what they're like, man. <laughs> they're crazy, man. And just <laughs> just to come from like harbor, like come from harbor to Tessie. And like Tessie's like a real small community. And like the boys, like they get around each other like one day that's just throw out a message and like, you know, eight hey, dudes show up to like Bricky and you're just like, oh yo, like, you know what I mean? Like there's a real small community and the boys majority just have themselves down there. So like it was mean for me and to experience that and you just get like freedom basically, bro. Just do whatever you want. Mm. Then it just leads to the field, bro. Mean off field culture. That's that's what I say about Tazzy, man. Mm. If you yeah. ever go down to bro, enjoy it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then man. after your Kane's little stint, you did get picked up by the blues. Was that was there ever a decision there? Did the Canes want to try and keep you? How hard was that one? Um, yeah, at the time, I like, but like, I had like um family like problems going on as well. So like for me, it was always to come back home. That was like the first thing I thought. Like, oh, nah, man, I need to and they come back to my family and stuff because uh, for me, like family is like the priority. I don't want anything to happen to my fans while I'm not there. So something happened to my fans and I wasn't there, and I I felt like hurt. So when the Blues offered, it was just easy for me. It was just easy for me to come home. 
no disregard to the Kings, they're good mm-hmm. dudes and stuff, mostly when I was down there. But yeah, it was just easy for me to come back home. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just signed in and just came home. Mate, and you speak about that moment because I remember that vividly as well when you're at the Canes and you, we get the shock news that your brother had been um, punched and killed. So, mate, how hard was that for you to handle and deal with? Ah, oh, man, it was, it was like something I wouldn't want, like, no one to experience, man. Like, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was a real sad time, mostly for my family and stuff. So, you know, like, um, remember we were over in Japan and all that stuff happened and, I was just like trying to get back home. Um, yeah, I came back home and my brother was just lying there on the bed and on the hospital bed. And then um, it was just, for me, it was just like, um, like you never think that would ever happen. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, about like enjoying and experiencing, you know, like having those moments with your brothers and stuff. I'll never get that back now, but I'm grateful. It made me cherish what I have more in front of me. And, that's what I mean about like, you know, like family and stuff. So um, in a way, it's a massive learning and just being safe out there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like you can always turn stuff so fast. So um, yeah, it was just a massive, uh, like for me and my family, is a massive learning curve. So, you know, you have to take it on the chin as it is. And yeah, I was just safe. If you're out there drinking and you're out and about, just look after yourself, man. Mate, it's crazy, yeah. Such a crazy story. Do you know much about the whole incident? Um, no, nah, to be honest, I don't really know much about it. And I and I hate pondering on it because it just makes me think like fuck. Yeah. Yeah, and it just makes me wanna like it makes you like uh what would you say, like because you can't turn back time. The more you ponder about it, the more you're thinking about something that's just a waste. Mm. Like it is what it is. He's gone. You know, we can only cherish the moments and stuff we have before him. Like my family always do it, so I'm grateful for like all the blessings that he brought to my family, all the smiles and laughters that he did. Mm. Uh, my brother's gone. You can never get him back. Any of the memories now, so right. so sad. Eh? And how's how's that moment sort of changed your life? I had a massive impact on like me in general. Um kind of like for me, like losing something that like important, um I kinda like you just find out like what your values like what your like real values are like what you put in front of you for me it just kind of like came down to like i like i had to be like family first and had to do all of this like kind of thinking and how i was going to live my life from now on and cater to my needs because like i just had a massive impact on my family like my mom got real after that just like too much stress and stuff like that so and then like at the time i was like slowly seeing my like own family like because we got, I got a massive family, and like losing like a piece like that to my family was like massive, and then it started hurting us real bad. And then at that time, like my old man was just like bringing us together and like trying to find ways to like build us like back and stuff like that. So like, in a way, you just kind of just find out like what your real values are and what you hold like truth to yourself, and um, those are like kind of like what I used to like drive me now mm-hmm. every day. You know, finding your gratitude and finding what you're grateful for, what you have in front of you, who you love and all of that stuff. So that's what keeps me going today. And I reckon if anyone can find any of that stuff, you don't have to go to a dark place like that now to find yeah. that stuff. But like some people find it harder than others, you know, it's not going to mm-hmm. come easy. But if you can find those like values and just keep that in front of you and just let that like stay like your kind of like life in like a way, you know, 
that's like real strong. So you just keep like believing that and just keep heading that way, man. Mm, powerful. And was it hard for it not to affect your form? You're obviously you're still playing around this mm-hmm. time. Um, others are uh, like I said in a way like people could they could either use it to their advantage or they could get yeah, like destroyed from it. Um, in a way, uh, I think I was lucky because like the mindset I had and um, I'm just a real strong believer of like um, like because I had to pray and all of this, you know. I uh, had real good people around me, and I just like used it to kind of my advantage, you know. What I mean, like um, uh, just how I was like I knew like my brother would be watching over me, mm-hmm. and because my brother was like harder into sports and stuff, so like for me to go out there and play, like I'll probably wear him on my sleeve and stuff now and then, and it just makes me like grateful because you know. This could be my brother playing, or you know, mm-hmm. could have been like in those situations. So it's either you use it to your ability, or like don't be a guy that's gonna let it destroy you, though, man. Yeah. Life was way too short, man. Mm-hmm. Just find something that you want to do, believe in it, your dreams, chase it, anything, man. The only people stopping you is yourself, and then let other like other people talk smack and stop you from doing what you want to do, but just keep chasing dreams. Oh, I love it. So powerful. So then you got your crack with the Blues. You forgot your debut. How did you find that one? Oh, bro, it was crazy. So debut, um, I remember we came off like a, like a mean as um, preseason with Blues as well. And it was just crazy. Like I remember I like, I like almost lost my front, like my whole front set of teeth because of um, training me and Emoni head clashed oh. and I was wearing no muscle. Oh. I was like, oh, and my mouth was just like pouring blood. And I was like, nah. <laughs> like, well, like, I rushed off to the dentist and they like put like a brace on my teeth, keep it like together. And I was just like, in the like dentist thing, like, oh, bro, I'm out this week. I can't even play. <laughs> and then um, I remember I went back to training the next day. And then Leon was like sitting there, he's like, how do you feel? And I was like, oh, fuck, I feel all good. Like, uh, like my teeth are still like fucked up. So, like, all of that. <laughs> like, cracking up. And then he was like, um, he just hit me like straight up. He was like, it's either you're going to get this opportunity I'm going to give you and take it or you're going to shy away from it. And I was just sitting there like, hey, what's he on about? And he's like, I'm going to start you on the right wing. And I was just like, nah. <laughs> and I like couldn't promote that in or anything because my teeth were so sensitive. And I was like, nah, bro, I want to lose my teeth this game. That's what I was like, oh my, nah. But then, yeah, gave me the opportunity, bro. And then, ah. It was mean. It was mean to go out there. We lost that game. I think Aaron Creedon kicked like a drop call or like oh, a drop kick. Right. And then, yeah, broke us and we were just like, yeah. then the next week we were playing like the Satyrs. We lost that at home as well. We are just like, wow. So, yeah, it was like two close games, but it is what it is, man. And then off to Australia and then off to South Africa after that, man. So how did you find um, traveling with the Blues and traveling with the squad? Obviously, going to Australia, South Africa. How did you find that? No, it was on. It was like an unreal experience. Um, I think I was like fortunate because it was like the last South Africa trip. So I was grateful to get like the end of it. But man, it was unreal. Just to like, I guess that's like kind of like the dream, bro. Like you know what I mean? Like just the traveling and getting to play in different places and just enjoying like um, the vibes that you get over there and. The environments and stuff and just being with the players that you trained with yeah i'd say like that's like the dream just traveling and playing bro so for me being that young kid just thinking like you know coming out of west Auckland and just being like yo just play with my mates mm. to get into travel of the world and play rugby man 
guess I'm real grateful for, man. And that's that's like a thing, like you you just enjoy the moments that you get, like mostly with the team and like who you're with at the time as well, bro. I never thought I'd be with the boys training at Alexandra Park and then next one Johannesburg and flipping Cape Town, bro. It was unreal. <laughs> and what was it like going back to oh not going back, but going to South Africa? How did it feel? Um, it was mean for me, bro. It's like kind of getting to meet my other half, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, bro. Just getting to experience it firsthand and just being there and just enjoying it, bro. And then playing footy over there was unreal against them as well. So, nah, man. I just like took it all in and was just like, fuck, this is crazy. I'm actually doing this, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was like what I just said before, bro. It's like a dream. So you're just living it. So you just enjoy it, bro. It's a crazy place, eh, South Africa? Like when yeah, you see the crazy. difference yeah. between the, the poverty and all that side, it's yeah. just a whole different ball game, eh? Mm, way different, man. I reckon New Zealand should be grateful, man. You got to wait. <laughs> yeah, so, nah, yeah, it was way different once you get there. You're just like, holy. I said, this is what it's like. That's what yeah, I said. This. Like you get on like TV and like media and stuff, bro. And then to go over there and actually be in like that part of the country or in the world. I mean, it's just like, uh, it's crazy. Mm. But your form didn't stop. You didn't stop carving it up on the field. Was it at the back end of that year you were named in the North vs South game? Yeah. Um, at North vs South, I didn't get to play. Got hit with the hard work that we wanted to take a, a, a kicking option. So they picked Hunty <laughs> of him. <laughs> I was out of your street. <laughs> but, yeah, that was me and experience, bro. I went down and you know, enjoyed it as well. So it was mean, bro. Did you feel like you were close to the All Blacks now that you were involved with that side? Um, at the time, yeah. At the time, yeah. I was like, oh, yo, got your foot in the door. You know, coaches are looking at you. You just kind of just, uh, for me, I kind of just didn't want to get let it get to me. Like, mm. I just don't want to play footy, just play for the reasons like my team was playing, like, you know, winning a title and all of that stuff. When I was down there, I was like, oh, you know, you got your foot in the door, so just keep playing footy. And you just kind of don't look back. You just keep trying to play, bro. And you mentioned a couple of titles. So you definitely had a big influence on a couple of titles over that following season. First one was with Tasman and where you played Auckland in Auckland. Um, what do you remember about that game? Oh, it was crazy. Real physical game, man. Both teams were up for it. Or I just remember, like, um, we just had, like, that do or die mindset just real ruthless you know we had to compete for everything Auckland wasn't going to give it to us easy man and mm. Auckland had a mean team as well so to get one up on them at their home ground was never easy as well I remember we went there earlier the season I throughout the season they pumped us mm. they actually pumped us and we were like nah man <laughs> like, go back there and like kind of get revenge and you know beat them for that last game but it was unreal and um, I know, like, still to this day, like, when, when I talk to, like, some of the Oakland boys and if we ever bring it up, they was like, nah, shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> those crack on, man, but uh, mean, bro, it was mean. It was crazy. And then the follow- the same year, the, the next competition you're involved in was Super Rugby Trans Tasman, which you happened to win that as well. This time you're playing for the Blues at Auckland. What was that final like? Uh, man, it was a... Uh... Like I said, unreal experience, mostly for, like, the Blues. Like, you hear all of this, like, we haven't won a title in, like, this long and all that. But I felt like it's finally, like, putting, like, a 
a stomp on the comp, you know what I mean? Like letting everyone know that we're here to play. It's not the same Blues team from like the previous years. Like there's a whole different like team now. We're more hungry. We compete. We just we just want to show, mostly like for our fans, man. Like back at home, from like the online, we just want to show you guys how much it, for us. We just wanted to show them how much it meant to us to play mm-hmm. for our jersey. I think like over the like years, we were losing like our own values and our standards for our own selves. So for us, it was just a massive like to show you we're here to play, we're here to compete, and we're here to win a title for you. So it was just a of like win for our city. So it was kind of like that, and whoever else was supporting the Blues at the time. So yeah, mm. mate. So cool. And once you'd won it, I know you're pretty good at um, the two, being the tour leader, holding that yellow jersey for a long time. You've got a hell of a quick skull on you. <laughs> How did you go? Uh, I told you that, bro. I don't know what you <laughs> mate. I saw you with the Tasman one on for about three weeks. <laughs> no one could get it off you. You're incredible. <laughs> I was running away from them, bro. I wasn't telling you. Nah. Nah, I was, uh, the person that's got a mean skull on them was Reeks, bro. He didn't join, bro. So, Kenny. Oh, true. Yeah. Has he got you? Yeah, I think so. Eh? I think oh. he does. <laughs> and then he like rubs it in your face. So, nah. <laughs> I want to talk about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could imagine. <laughs> oh, but then last year uh, wasn't as successful. You picked up an injury sort of halfway through the season on your shoulder. Real niggly timing for you. How was it to deal with that? Bro, and I didn't even, I like think I broke it as well. Like, I was like shocked. Like, just went to score a try, bro. We're playing, uh, playing up against the Tony Fuzz. I remember Sock was playing. Fucking... I just still can't believe it to this day. Like I actually got injured. Like, cause I usually just play injury free, never get injured. And then just one time, just go to score like a normal try, bro. Put the ball down and broke my scapula in two, bro. And I remember just walking back to the halfway and I was just like, hey, like just going like this. And yeah. I could just hear like bones clunking. And I was mm-hmm. like, surely this is like, like something like, I thought I was just like, oh, nah, it must be like out of place or something. I thought I was like, my shoulder was out of a socket or something. Mm-hmm. Went back home the next day, got a scan, saw my scapula in two, bro, and I was like, nah, <laughs> like, surely that's not mine. <laughs> and then, bro, yeah, it broke me, bro. I didn't get to play for that last Tessie season and had surgery, like, the next two days after. I was straight away. I, well, I don't like that type of dude. Like, I, I wouldn't let it, like, hold me down. Like, I'd just be like, fuck this, I'm going to get trained and mm. I'd get better. And like watching my team go out there and play, and I couldn't even like help out. I could only help out like in like the classroom mm. meetings and stuff like that. So that was the only way I could contribute. I couldn't contribute. And then like towards the end of the season, I started getting into like a lot of running. So yeah, that was like um that was me for that season. I still to this day I'm like, nah man, never again. <laughs> <laughs> never again happened to me again, bro. So, so was that yeah. your first injury? Yeah, that was my first ever like injury. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was like a massive one. So I was like, oh, nah. I thought it would never happen to me, bro. <laughs> mm, crazy, man. And, yeah. And you've spoken about um, you just wanted to get back in there. And I know you were a nightmare for the Tasman physios and doctors <laughs> trying to keep you out of contact and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like um, I was like not even healed yet. And I was like trying to like get into contact and stuff. And <laughs> Be like, nah, you still got like six weeks away. And I used to be like, I used to like cuss them out. Like, I was like, 
what the fuck they tell me to do? Like, like they'll be like, what the fuck? This guy Because <laughs> the majority of the time, I was just like, like, I don't know how to say it, bro, but like, I just wanted to get out there again. Like, at the time, like, I was just thinking, like, that's all I had. And like, mostly I'd say, like, seeing the boys play. And I had, like, Lister. And like, even because it was me and Tully, like, me and Tully were out for the season. Mm. And me and him were just hard out talking and just watching the boys play. And we'd like, if we didn't get the result we wanted or we would just win the game, fuck, it was just like, uh, kind of hurt home for us because we were like, where our team was getting, like, you know, it's mm. not the same. Ah, man, that's how massive the Tezzy coach was for us. And we just wanted to, like, add a little value to their like success or for them to win. Mm. So like I remember me and Tully were trying to get back in early and just try to run around and stuff. And his years always get us out. And for us it was just like we would kind of lose it at them just all like, bro, let us like help out. Let us um but they're only trying to do their jobs and stuff. So yeah, sorry to them if they're watching us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So when you went up to Auckland and you did your pre-season, did you feel confident on your shoulder? Cause no issues? Yeah. Uh, my shoulder's good now, bro. Like, I was lucky. We had good physios down in Tassie, good physios up at Blues. So they just, like, maintained me real well, looked after me. Uh, did a lot of, uh, like, shoulder rehab and stuff. And then next thing you know, I was in a pre-season game and was tackling and I felt like it was all good. And then mm. from there, just, yeah. yeah. Ever since just been jamming till now, so yeah, grateful, man. Mate, and jamming is what you've been doing. You've been killing it this season. Have you have you had any feedback from from the Auburn? Nah, nah, man. I don't know. A lot of people think like you get feedback with stuff. I don't know. I think they they do their own thing, Brian. If they want to get in contact with you, they get in contact with you. But nah, I've just been trying to jam, Brian. Just do me. Um, you know, oh, I wouldn't even know, bro, like, because I didn't even think about it like that, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I just, right now, it's just, like, blues is where it's at for me right now, and that's what I'm thinking of. Mm. And a lot of boys just want to win another title or, you know, do good for the club. So that's kind of what, like, the mindset is right now. I'm just trying to do that, bro. The, I guess the thing that makes it interesting for you is you've got the possibility to represent South Africa or Samoa, is that right? Yeah. So have mm. you looked? Have you looked into in either of those pathways, or for you now, is it just purely trying to make the All Blacks and see what happens? Uh, it's not even like the All Blacks. It's yeah. just like playing. Or like for me this year, I was just trying to get back into like a confident like playing style and like just get back out there and just try and enjoy footy. Because when I lost that Tassie season, I was like didn't play footy for ages, and I was like just. Bar and I was like, man, I haven't played in so long. I just want to get back into playing and enjoying footy. So when I got the chance to play again this year, I just were like, I was telling all the boys, I just want to enjoy the moment because I didn't know if it was going to be my last year, mm. if it was going to be my season with Blues and all that. So I was just like, no, I want to just enjoy it, bro. And then, yeah, I was just like, that was kind of like the mindset. And I didn't really think of playing for any international team, you know, like, for me, like if, if it's there and if you really want to play, well, it's all up to you, Brian. You know, you chase what you want, but I don't really see it like that. Eh? Mm. So if South Africa came calling at the end of um, Super Rugby to try and get you into the 2023 World Cup for South Africa, I could imagine you'd be pretty lethal on the wing for them. Would you accept <laughs> something like that? I, I, uh, honestly, it was like, 
was like appealing to me and it came up to me like and i was just like in the mood for it like um <laughs> like oh so i don't mean anything like not saying like you know teams are trash and all of this i'm just like saying in a way if they came at the time and, and i felt like in the moment it was right mm. yeah huh? it would be for like any other team if someone approached me at the right time i'll be like yo sweet like i'll just do it but right now my mindset and where i'm at right now it's just kind of like blues like right now if you get what yeah, hundred yeah, percent, mate. I think your phone's going to be blowing up over the next few weeks from Samoa, Africa, <laughs> and maybe the All Blacks, mate. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and what, like, I know you're fully focused on the Blues at the moment, but you haven't signed for the Blues next year. Is overseas a goal for you at any point, or you're pretty happy staying in Auckland, close to your family? Um. Right now, like, yeah, like uh, like before, like earlier on in the season, I was like, how do I try to think of like how to get like more money and stuff like that for the fans and stuff. Mm. I started thinking about like um, family and I like didn't want to be far from them. So I just kind of like, right now, I just want to kind of be close to him, yep. be close to family. Just right now, just trying to sort out some stuff off blues. So hopefully it goes well and get locked in again. So yeah, just trying to sort that out, bro. Interesting. And... I do like to know what guys' plans are after rugby. I know um, you've probably got some pretty elaborate plans for what you want to do after rugby. Yeah. Want to share any? <laughs> I like, I like for me, like I wanted to give back to like the youth mm-hmm. um, in a way. Uh, I wanted to do like, um, like I just wanted to go to schools and stuff. I was trying to do that now. Like wanted to go back to schools and just show them that there's like way better pathways than what they think. Because majority of kids are my ways don't really think there's heaps of pathways for them. And they think that they're limited to like just normal nine to five jobs and working factory jobs. And and like, I remember when I was growing up, I had like um, some rugby players come to my school and I didn't really think of it as much. But then when I really thought about it, I was like, wow, you can actually do something like this. Because I was like thinking you had to be like real talented or you had to have like the best genetics or you just... It all comes back down to just hard work and mm. what you see him do. And I feel like if like any rugby player, or not like any rugby player, but like rugby players that's out there, like, you know, playing on TV and stuff, if they can just go to schools and, you know, speak to like some kids, you spark like a thing in their mind, you know what I mean? Like, and then they'll just be like, oh, yo, it, could, it doesn't even have to be rugby. It could be whatever they're chasing or pursuing at the time. And then they'll just really more focus on like their goals and whatever they want to chase for. So for me, I wanted to do that. I wanted to like go to schools or whatever it is and a way to speak to like uh, young, like young kids that don't really have options or that don't really think that they have options. Uh, but I would probably, for me after rugby, I'll probably get back into like um, building. One of my brothers have like a building company. So I'd probably get into yeah that bro. True. That, that one came out of nowhere. You had me with the uh, mentoring <laughs> thing. I didn't, I didn't see the building. So did you do a bit of building? And um, before rugby? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, bro. Sure. I was like, I, was, I mean, my brother took me for like a few few weeks and stuff into building, made me slave away. So <laughs> there, bro, so it'll be something I will be keen to get into. So, yeah. I, I couldn't thought, imagine you on a building site. Actually, you can't. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, bro. <laughs> 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 nah, bro. Actually, like, something I want to do, like, yeah. I've I, I got a lot of brothers that's in building now, so. yeah. yeah. It'll be something I'm like looking forward to after rugby, bro. 
How good. What a builder. Love it. <laughs> what a story. <laughs> some of the great <laughs> stuff, some inspiring stuff throughout that podcast. But as always, we've gone to our Instagram for some questions. And Mark Talia, you have a massive following. So we've got plenty of questions here for you. First question, a little bit about the tour leader one. Um, how many Malibu can you drink before taking off your top? <laughs> uh, I would say zero, bro. I didn't, I didn't take off my shirt for Malibu. Stay <laughs> 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 Okay, next one. Uh, favorite New Zealand player of all time? Mm. I'll probably go. I was into like um, like the wingers. I'd say like Jericho Foko. Yeah. yeah, I'll probably go to Rex Barzi. He was the man. He was the man. Was the man bro. Good shout. Like that one. Okay, how did you get the nickname Mamba? Uh, it was from Harbour. I just. Yeah, I don't know who said it, but and I just it just stuck with me. And then everyone was mumba, mumba, mumba. Yeah, it just went to Teddy and then Mumba was there, bro. Just yeah, it was from Harvard Days bar and it just stuck with me. I reckon it was once I shaved my head body and everyone was just like, hey, mumba. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, next one. This one's from our sponsor, Swish. If you could get a video shout out from any celebrity, who would it be and why? Any celebrity, um, I would probably go with. I like uh, Kevin Kevin Gates, bro. He's a mean celebrity, um, and why? Because he like changed his life around. He was hard out into like um, once he got famous, like started living like that party life, alcohol, drugs, all that stuff, and changed his life around. And he's like a real like wise guy now. That or Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson. You know, he's... <laughs> I just like guys that like change their life around and just show like a better way of living and yeah. just have a massive impact like with the, what they say and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'll be Mike Tyson with Kevin Gates because, yeah, they change their life around crazy, bro. Mate, love that. Might have to try and get them on the podcast. They sound like good yarns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <hard. laughs> okay, next one. Another celebrity. Do you ever get mistaken for Anderson Silva? Nah, oh, not that I know, but is he the UFC guy? Yeah, he must be. Um, but he's the man. If I'm getting mistaken for him, bro, that's a compliment, <laughs> bro. The man, the spider. Ah, oh, man, he's the man, bro. If I'm getting mistaken for any of this year, but it's yo, I take that as a compliment. Bro. <laughs> You'd be good I, at UFC, I, though, eh? <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know. But if I'm getting compliments like that, bro, mostly from the spider, he's a goat, bro. He's the man. Take that, eh? Because you are your arms longer than they should be? Because <laughs> you got massive reach, eh? Like you're fending stuff and you're reaching um, UFC. I could imagine you having lethal reach in the cage. I don't know, bro. I thought it was just normal, eh? To be honest, I thought, I thought I just it was had normal. intercepts everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, grateful. God bless us, man. God bless <laughs> Oh, that goes on to the next one, actually. Uh, tips for a killer fend. Ah. Uh, um, massively long arms. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reckon do a lot of band work, bro. Um, grab a band, chuck it on a pole, and just get into like that routine of just trying to fend and get some resistance. Because like sometimes you throw out a fend and the guy running like trying to tackle <laughs> you for shoulders, so get used to that, bro. So um, I don't know. Yeah, get into that and just practice, man. I reckon yeah, just practice 
your skill set, bro, and just when you're out on the field or wherever, you know, just throw it offended if you can, bro. Mate, you've put some deadly ones in this season already, eh? There'll be more coming, more coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that. Okay, next one. Best winger in New Zealand rugby. Cool. I don't know. It's hard to say, bro. It's hard to say. Um, Can be yourself, bro. <laughs> Name one know. better. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Um, this winger. Oh, I don't know, man. It's a tough question, bro. We're all competitive. That's why I say. Go on, just say it. It is you. It's you. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm more of a like. I like playing like you know, the best. So, mm. oh, when you find the best, let me know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, love it. Okay, if you could play any other professional sport, what would it be? Um, everyone's been talking about league hard out there. Eh? Like, there's been a lot of chat. The key at the Blues about league, eh? all the boys leaguey heads over there. So, uh, just I'm hearing a lot of chat like, bro, try league, and all the boys are. Some of the boys are keen to try it as well. So, been a lot of chat about that. I've never played league ever. Didn't even know the rules and stuff. So, <laughs> another sport where I'll be. Yeah, league, to be honest. Mm. Is that Roger's influence on the boys, trying to encourage them to have a crack? Bro, he's the plug, eh, Roger? <laughs> he's the plug, bro. Now, I, yeah, I think, yeah, Roger have an influence in there somewhere. Because I see mm. Caleb Clark came out <laughs> saying it's like a goal of his to play in the NRL. You'll be you'll be pushing him, telling him to get over there, open up more space in that All Blacks. <laughs> oh, man, I was... Bro, if he wants to play league, man, go for it, man. He's yeah. he's talented, bro. So give him, I give him props on that, man. It'll be hard to stop in league. So, mm. Mm. what about basketball for you? You're a bit of a baller. I've I've really just played with like my brothers and stuff. Like when we get time and like my mates. Apart from that, nah, it's usually street ball, bro. Mm. Those are the they like us, like fouls and stuff everywhere. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you basically play rugby. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's probably the time I play basketball with my mates. So, <laughs> other than that, no. Oh, okay, last question. Uh, best piece of advice you have for a Waterlad listener? And there's been heaps of good advice throughout this podcast already. So, um, I reckon the best advice I could give to anyone, anyone listening to this, um, like I always say, like chase like your dreams and goals, and don't limit yourself to like what people say. Then, like, if you're going to get advice from people, like, get advice from, like, your parents about love and stuff like this, but don't get advice about careers and stuff from your parents. Like, do you, bro, and chase it and put, like, all your focus into, like, what you want to do with your life. On God, you'll get, like, the benefits, man. Just chase what you want to believe in. You'll do it. Wow, mate. Surprisingly powerful, this whole podcast. Like, you're an inspirational guy, aren't you? No way, man. Just out here trying to do me, bro. Mate, and you're doing it bloody well. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, mate. Like I said at the start, I think you're one of the most underrated players in the game. Love watching mm. you play. Love playing with you. Love coaching you. Um, you're yeah. one of the greats. So, um, mate, it's been awesome having you on the podcast and um, hearing a little bit more about your story. Uh, cheers, man. Thank you so much for letting me jump on this podcast finally, bro. And we finally got it done. So, nah, cheers to you, bro. Mate, you're a lad. What a lad, what a lad.